When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. the view. How can you be talking about the view when I remembered my family? No, no! We've done our ocean travels. That part of our lives is over. The only reason to travel in the first place is so you don't have to travel ever again. Yeah, but I want to... Welcome to Cinema Royale. I am Travis Hobson. Uh, and on this week's show, we're going to be talking about Finding Dory, uh, the latest film from Pixar, the sequel to 2003's Finding Nemo. Uh, and this is going to be sort of an abbreviated show this week. Um, we've got one review that we're doing. And, uh, and I've, I've, you know, I've got some stuff coming up, so this is going to be sort of a, a, a abbreviated show. So I apologize for that. Uh, it happens. I mean, there's no set time for this show. So you guys, you guys are, you guys are all cool with that. Uh, but yeah, this one will be a, a bit of a short one. Uh, we're going to be talking about Finding Nemo and we're going to be joined by my good friend, uh, Leslie, Obama, who I'm surprised she's not been on the show yet, considering she was one of my most frequent guests last time uh, I did the show. Uh, but you know she's one of uh, she's she's an animation expert. Helping her around uh, when one of these movies comes up, so we're gonna talk to her about Finding Dory, uh, a movie that I'll be honest I was not exactly looking forward to at all. Uh, would I? I mean I didn't I didn't think that it's been 13 years since Finding Nemo, and, and other than the Toy Story movies, I am not a big fan of Pixar school. Is okay, you know. It's all right. Cars too. I actually like Cars too uh, better than I like Cars, but it's still not great. I mean, so you know, you don't really. I don't really want to start making the last like when they do original stuff, like they did last year with Inside Out, <coughs> and not the Good Dinosaur, <coughs> which is terrible. Um, so you know, this is not a movie I was really looking forward to. So I, I, I felt about it uh, in just a few minutes when Leslie gets here. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I stood on uh, Finding Dory. I don't really care about Ellen DeGeneres either. Never really found her funny. So that's 
that didn't do anything for me. Whatever. All right. So we'll, I'll talk about that. I'm not going to spoil anything. But anyway, uh, so we're going to talk about Finding Dory. Um, also, uh, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes um, to talk about the uh, the sudden uh, passing of Anton Milton, uh the actor uh, best known from Star Trek and the Fright Night remake, so many movies, so many great movies that he was in. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Um, see, he died tragically yesterday, or he discovered yesterday. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Um, and just say a few words. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's, it's sad, and I don't, you know, I'd rather talk on the, on the great day he did rather talk about, you know, how he died. So uh, I'll keep that short, but I do want to, you know, spend a few minutes uh, discussing my favorite, favorite, some of their roles and you know, playing a little bit uh, from some of those films. So, uh, so that will come up after uh, the review. Um, so yes, this is Cinema Royale. Uh, of course, uh, you can follow us on uh, Facebook and follow me on Twitter at Punchy Critic, uh, and follow the show on uh, on iTunes. And tune in radio, and of course, home at Blog Talk Radio. And you know, I've got some stuff cooking with Blog Talk. I think I may have mentioned this last week or a couple weeks ago. But there's some stuff coming down. Um, we may be looking to expand Cinema Royale in a big way. You guys know that I'm uh, one of the creators of the Punch Drunk Critics website. Um, and it's one of the one of my many many hats that I wear. Uh, most of the work I do is for Punch Drunk Critics, uh, writing reviews and also following, you know, the news stories that interest me every day. Um, but there's a chance that, you know, we'll, we're going to expand on Cinema Royale in the coming months. Uh, Blog Talk has been very generous to us, uh, allowing me to going to be working on that over the next few months. So keep an eye out for that. I'll keep you up to date, of course. Uh, so keep an eye out. That's That could be that could be a lot of fun. I've been trying to do this for, for a few years now, and this is one of the reasons why I brought the show back, was in order to do this, uh, to sort of build a brand and a network. That's not just Cinema Royale. Shows well. so, so keep an eye out. You know, it's still in the early stages, but Blog Talk and I are discussing it, so just keep all right, just remember that. All right, let's talk about finding cats. I'm bringing in my friend, Leslie Commonwell, who I have not had on the show yet since I brought it back uh, amazingly. How are you doing, Leslie? I am. I'm doing, interestingly, as you know, I'm doing well. I'm here. Yes. You're going, you're going through some stuff right now. <laughs> yeah. I have a but, broken uh, arm is what we're talking about But yeah, I just broke my arm yesterday But I'm here And, uh, you know, I, I I can talk about animation In any in, in any condition, I would say So it was the perfect good. time to have me on <laughs> Yeah, well, I, that's the, one of the main reasons why I did have you on Is because we were, we were talking about finding, finding Dory So I, I knew one person I wanted to talk to was you Um so yes, finding Dory. And I'm not saying anything here. I, I you know, I, I was not. Yeah, when I think of Finding Nemo, and it's been 13 years since Finding Nemo, which is crazy to me. But yeah, it's been 13 years. And Finding Nemo is not my favorite Pixar movie, not by a long shot. 
I know a lot of people love it. A lot of people love Finding Nemo. It it just never it just never stuck with me the way The Incredibles did or Toy Story three does. It it just didn't do it for me. Or even like Monsters Universe and not Monsters Universe, but Monsters Inc., which I love also. These movies I can watch over and over again. Finding Nemo, eh? I take it early. But it doesn't do anything for me. So Finding Dory, uh, focusing on the uh, the forgetful Blue Tang uh, voiced by Ellen DeGeneres, someone else I'm not really a big fan of. And that make this a movie that I was necessarily looking forward to, you know? But uh, I have to say, Pixar has won me over with Finding Dory <laughs> in a way I did not expect them to. Now, the story, as you could probably imagine, deals with, as you heard in the clip, deals with Dory as she's trying to find her missing parents. You know, she, she suffers from short-term loss and get into how they got separated when she was a child. Um, and she goes off on this big ocean-wide journey to find them, along with uh, Marlon and, and, and Nemo. And she gets, she basically ends up in a in a marine life facility uh, where she's aided by numerous other creatures. Uh, but I, I'm surprised by how I found this movie to be really, really funny. Now, I don't know if it has necessarily the same amount of heart as Finding Nemo does. I think it's probably leaning a little bit more towards the comedy side. But I really enjoyed this quite a bit. What did you think, Leslie? I think it's funny you should say that it leans more to the comedy side because to me it was like, I mean, borderlining on depressing because it was, you know, there's there's times when it feels like if a like a small child is going to see this movie that they're going to uh, leave the theater with separation anxiety because there's so many moments in the movie where she's just, it's so sad and she's, you know, struggling through trying to remember or remembering aspects of her, of her parents. And so I, I think it had a lot of heart, but just very different um, kind of heart that uh, Finding Nemo had. But then, you know, for me, the thing about this movie that I also think is interesting, people saying that didn't have the same kinds of memorable characters, but I completely disagree because I love Hank, Hank for me. And, um, uh, is her name destiny. Yeah. Those two characters, I just hundred percent loved. And then the uh, two uh, sea lions that are played by Idris Elba and um, Dominique West. Uh, I just love all those characters. A wire, so much a, that it a was, wire reunion. Yeah, the reunion. Exactly. And um, actually, as I think, you know, I talked to the producer of um, finding Dory, uh, Lindsay Collins, and she talked about uh, those two that they actually got to record together and that everybody wanted like beyond anything that it ever, anyone had ever wanted at Pixar, everyone wanted to be at that recording session. So um, (laughs) so I just, I loved it. I loved it for what it was. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it kind of harkens back because obviously if it's called very similarly, finding Nemo versus finding Dory, we're going to have a lot of the same plot points. A lot of the same general themes, um, yeah, same but tone. it but it definitely veers in a very different direction and has um, there's a there's a fun um, kind of zany uh, element to it. I think with Hank, he's kind of an interesting mix of you know ridiculous and uh, you know he's got that he's grumpy right. and 
And then also right, and was, those who don't know, Hank is a, is an octopus uh, who uh, was at the facility as well. Yeah, well, he, he, he is a, he's a septopus, as as uh, yeah. as Dory calls him. But yeah, he's he's an octopus. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I love that. I did not know until uh, after I talked to Lindsay Collins that the character is based on an actual real animal. I thought it was just you know kind of. Um, hyperbolic that he could become just about anything but if anybody who's listening to the show wants to go and google a mimic octopus they will not believe the way I'm, have you seen that stuff no have you seen it i knew, okay, I, knew that they could, I knew there were some, some some uh some types of octopus octopi i guess uh that were yep. capable of doing it i've never seen it i've never like looked for it or anything well, one of the most fascinating things to me about the character is if you watch uh, a video of um, a mimic octopus, they're incredibly creepy. They're creepy kind of like oogie. I can't imagine how anyone would make something charming and winning based on that, that kind of a creature because he can turn uh, into looking like a, a sea snake or he can move his body. Pixar uh, you're talking his, about. Pixar made an entire movie about a rat. Well, there you go. And, and made, <laughs> and made a winning, right? And made but, but see, we know what rats do, and we know what rats are like. But if you don't know that there's that mimic octopus, octopi can do all of these things where they turn themselves in. I mean, it's very, well, of course, there's lots of stuff that's very unbelievable about Finding Dory. But that aspect of it where he can turn into anything, it's completely like this real creature. So I love that about With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The amount of experimentation required uh, to, you know, normally a character takes six months uh, to develop and right. design fully, and this was two years, and they had to keep starting over. So wow. I think um, for animation geeks, and I am definitely one, uh, I it was hard for me not to be completely floored by uh, what they were able to achieve with that character. And then a it's lot of always amazing what they're it's always amazing what they're doing uh, when it comes to all of their characters, and one of the things that I love most about Pixar is their consistent ability to, to make supporting characters that you care about instantly and would follow into other movies if they ever made them. Like there are a bunch of them in bunch of them in this character in this movie that I would love to see in more movies. Uh Ty Burrell who has seen every single movie ever. Uh Ty right. Burrell. Uh 
uh, he, he voices um, Bailey, a, a beluga whale who who can't, who's lost his sense of location. And, you know, and there's uh, Caitlin Olsen as, uh, as his friend, a whale shark, who is nearsighted. She is always colliding into things. I would love to watch a movie just about them. I think they're fantastic. I'll watch a movie about, about Hank as well. You know, if he had ever right. gotten away to Cleveland or wherever he was trying to go, and, and, and I'd love to watch a movie about him. I'd watch a movie about the, the, the sea lions voicing Cleveland Tom Blake. I mean, there are all these characters, and, and that's not even to, that's not even a slight against Dory. I think Dory's a lot of fun here. Um, and in fact, Dory is part, Dory's part of the reason why these movies more comedy than Nemo was. Because Dory is such an inherently funny character. Yeah, she's a little bit tragic too, but but uh, she's such a funny, goofy, silly character because of her her you know her memory loss. That the movie's just a little bit funnier to me than Finding Nemo was. But, but right. there's so many characters here that I would that I would just love to see, and Pixar just consistently blows me away with their ability to do that. Well, it's not just Pixar; it's also Andrew Stanton because you know it, a lot of uh, the credit goes to him and his, uh, you know, also the team, the um, the animators who flesh out and develop characters. Um, Bob Peterson, who was a part of the writing uh, team on Finding Dory, uh, who adds an element of quirk. And um, kind of this this weird. He has the magic touch at Pixar. He's always adding. As, as long as he's, he's making aspects. animation, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. That's well. There. There you have it. But then also, <laughs> what I want to mention about Finding Dory is the fact that uh, you know, as with all Pixar and, and all Disney at this point, you know, it, we have gotten to a point in animation history where every new feature film has a rather major leap in technology, uh, you know, technology and, and um, development of, of new, um, new, new things that they can do, new ways that they can um, visually, you know, design uh, backgrounds and uh, their worlds, the way they make their worlds. And uh, they have a, a new technology for Finding Dory. Um, it's a rendering um, technology that was only ready like about a year into their working on the movie and they asked them whether they wanted to use it and they were like I don't know man we kind of we've, we've done already a fair amount they said we think this is going to be pretty significant help to you and sure enough uh, Lindsay Collins was saying that uh, they found what it does is it, it made sort of the light the way the light hits the water the way the light uh, goes through the water and shadows and um, shapes and all of that um, are meant to look not more lifelike in the in real life, but more lifelike in terms of the how the context of the movie. So all of the light that they were able to use, for example, in the um, the kelp forest, which Andrew Stanton wanted to use in the first movie and then it just wasn't appropriate for the environment because there's no kelp forest in the Great Barrier Reef. It turns out they wouldn't have been able to do it anyway in the first movie because it was so complicated to um, to render and to create the light under the water to make it believable and they actually simulated every single leaf which they could never have done 13 years ago. And so uh, for people that haven't seen the movie yet and they want to see what kind of geeky things I point to? Uh, this is one of them. The the kelp forest has layers of light 
Um, so to our certain uh, moments right before they get to the um, uh, the sea, sea world, sea life, what the heck's that thing called, the rehabilitation center, um, there's yeah. a lot of stuff right before that where they use a lot of the rendering, the new rendering technology to make the the light both on the water and under the water more believable. And people don't realize water, when you're animating it, it's the hardest thing to do in all of animation. And so as yeah. believe, you know, there you are watching it, enjoying it, and not realizing it's a cartoon, <laughs> you know. And yes. that's the best animated features amazing. do that. It looks amazing. And we've reached a point where, where you know, it's a simple task. You know, an animated movie that doesn't look good. They all look good, you know, in different ways. You know, they all look, look fantastic. But Pixar has always been sort of one step ahead of everybody else. And, and Finding Dory, you know, is I think, you know, one of the best looking animated movies ever done. It, it's such a it's such a leap beyond what they even did just last year with you know the Good Dinosaur, which which if there was one thing that did okay it was that it looked pretty good. Uh, it didn't do much else to that. Like that was very good, but uh, but at least it looked good. Um, but this one is even beyond that. So you know, you know, for whatever what's worth, they are amazing animators. They always seem to be a, a step ahead of the game. Um, what, what did you think about the the flashback sequences with uh, with, young, with young Dory? Uh, I thought Dory was the cutest freaking thing in the world. Uh, baby Dory. Uh, but I also well, found those they, scenes to be a, a, a little sad. Uh, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing is if I have anything to say in terms of, of negative about Finding Your, which I, I did love, um, I would say that it's a little bit, it's a little bit sad uh, in the way that I think a child would find it difficult because they are, you know, they're 100% in. Sometimes adults who watch cartoons are a little more able to kind of separate themselves out from it. But Pixar is so good at um, connecting the audience with the characters and Andrew Stanton in his animation does very well in connecting character uh, to the audience. And I think that that's, that's where eh, it gets a little, a little dark, a little dark, uh, darker even than some aspects of other Pixar movies, but I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Pixar if it didn't have some darkness to it. Um, but I do love the fact that they, in their character design of the baby Dory, is they literally went into the character models for, um, uh, for Dory and, you know, as an adult and kind of, and then they took uh, the mom and the dad um, and then they took aspects of each of them and then uh, sort of grafted them together to figure out what what would make the cutest baby based on the uh, character design of the two adults. So it really is mm-hmm. a mini me of the two parental uh, the parental characters, uh, plays like Eugene Levy and um, oh, Diane, Keaton. Diane Keaton. Exactly. <clears throat> Eugene yeah. Levy, who was also in just about every animated movie ever, always. Eugene Levy is always the dad in every movie. I've discovered it doesn't matter. Searching back to the American Pie, he is always a dad. You can you can go and check check back on that. He is always a dad in every movie. Um, well, one so. of the, one of the things too that uh, Lindsay Collins said that might have been uh, a sort of subconscious choice on Andrew Stanton's part was that he always wanted Eugene Levy as Dory's dad, and then he wondered 
kind of um, in retrospect whether he had realized that for Dory to be attracted to Marlon as a friend and feel connected to him, and he's kind of neurotic, so then so is Eugene mm-hmm. Levy in, in the character, and that maybe she saw her dad kind of subconsciously she recognized her dad in Marlon's character because they are a little bit similar and a little bit nervous. They- they do. They do seem a little bit similar. Yeah, you're right. And, and Marlon is my favorite character of these movies, by the way. Uh, one because Albert Brooks's voice is so perfect. Perfect that voice casting is. Uh, but he's such an alarmist that, that, that and he, not that he doesn't have reason, but he's such an alarmist that it's always funny. Uh, he's like he's the opposite of, of Dory, who is kind of a you know jump right in and again she does she's usually forgetful so she doesn't realize that she has jumped in but uh but yeah i i love the marlin um so i you know i'm I'm curious about whether or not there's gonna be a third one now because it does seem like you know for those who don't know there is a post-credit sequence after this i'm not going to spoil what happens in the post-credit sequence anybody hasn't seen it there's a post-credit sequence i think it's teasing a third movie what do you think uh, I don't know. I think that takes a lot of commitment on the part of the folks at either Pixar or Disney or any animated um, studio to commit to another uh, future film. And, I mean, yeah, there's money to be had when they're that successful, but I don't think they are, they don't assume right off the bat, I don't think. But maybe they are teasing it. Um, I would welcome it because I, I just love – I love underwater sequences. I love un- I love special effects and animation, and most people who are animation geeks do as well. So it's there's definitely a weird little subculture of of a fandom for special effects. And when I say special effects, I mean um, certain types of animation that are more difficult to do than others. And underwater animation definitely qualifies. So I think they definitely have a, an audience beyond just the fact that it's a Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, you know, character-driven uh, fandom. There's also people who just like animation that goes that extra distance to um, to create a world that looks that. Uh, that technicolor, that that color driven, that light driven. I mean, it's just really beautiful. Yeah. I also want to just I, throw out this one thing. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. I was I was just gonna say that I don't know if you know this, but obviously the voice of Nemo is not the same. So they right. actually gave um, the the original. I think his name is Alexander Gould. The original voice of Nemo. They yeah. gave him a a, um, a little. Um, cameo in the movie and I asked uh, Lindsay Collins who it is and it's one of the two drivers of the van going to Cleveland yeah is, is that is that name in the credits is Passenger Carl Passenger oh, Carl Passenger Carl okay <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he's in there uh, did you hear all that, all that talk about you know Finding Dory being the first Pixar movie to have a lesbian couple in it a gay couple did you hear all that chatter no Oh yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing for a while. Pandora, the first Pixar movie to have a, a a gay couple, and there is in the movie, maybe Ellen DeGeneres has talked about it. There is a scene where two a, a human couple seen in the movie for like a split second, and it's two women together, and they appear. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of just yeah. flew right by me because yeah. I'm not. I, I don't notice that sort of thing. It you know being. Left, well, it was, it was left silly. It was silly. 
it was silly yeah. anyway. But a lot of people were making a big deal about it for a while there until and, and even after it's come out now some people are still now it's sort of like a date where it's like, okay. you know, and it's like who cares? But I was just curious if you, if you actually saw it. No. It was it was no, sort of a blanket blanket you miss it sort of thing. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. But you know, I was so busy enjoying Hank. <laughs> yeah. I, I think when, when Disney finally does make a movie about With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, uh, with gay people in it, they'll, they'll, they'll make a bigger deal out of it than I think they'll make a big deal about it, but we'll see if that ever happens. Uh, Finding Dory, I'm almost certain there'll be a sequel because this one is the highest grossing animated movie ever. Weekend wise, yep. Uh, yep. So you know, it's it's I, if there's a cause for there to be a third movie, that's it. Uh, 186 million dollars worldwide in its opening weekend. Six of that year in America, 50 million overseas, um, surpassing. Uh, Shrek the Third, which I can't believe was number one for all that length of time. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, yuck. But anyway, mm. I, I'm a third finding movie. I can figure out who, who gets lost this time. Uh, <laughs> it, it's probably time for Marlon to get lost, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. There's not enough Xanax in the world for that. I know, but think how awesome it is. Because she's Xanax. An entire movie of, of, of Albert Brooks voicing Marlon I would make me very happy. Well, so. and also, you know, uh, he's about to be, he's the, one of the voices in um, The Secret Life of Pets. And yes. he's, he's a great voice. So, uh, you know, people are going to get a lot of him this summer and ne- never too much. That man nope. is super talented. He, so. was, he was gone for a long time. And now that he's back and working consistently again, I'm very happy. So, Absolutely. Yeah, our book's back. Um, and then I do, for, since there's yeah. such a big fuss about the fact that there are, um, you know, what's going on with women in film and and not enough directors, producers, writers, stars, all of that. I just want to throw out there that this is a a movie that's starring a woman, albeit a fish girl, but a woman, and co-directed. Um, I mean, co. Uh, written by a woman and produced by a woman. So at least there are some women involved in this movie. So women who want to support films that promote women and embrace them as part of Hollywood, since we're 51% of the movie viewing audience, then they can feel confident and happy to be sitting inside a warm, a, a cool theater watching Finding Dory. Um, I know you're going to be at Comic-Con again next month. Uh, tell people a little bit about what you're going to be doing over there, because I won't be there this year. 
I'm skipping it. Oh, is it so, official? You're not going? It's official. I racked well, I, 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 I my brain about it for a while. I could go. I could go, but I'm just I'm gonna just I'm gonna do this the the responsible thing and not go this year. Um, I bought tickets to a wrestling event this week that week, like the one of the biggest ones of the year. So I will make up. For, I will make. I will make myself feel better by attending that. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> you, we will miss you. We will definitely miss you. I have three panels. Okay. Uh, I can't say when they are, but I can say what they are. And actually, this is the first public place where I'm telling people about the panel. So there you go. You get a scoop. Um, right. We have um, Cartoon Legends speak. And that is about diversity in the animation of his, uh, in the history of animation, and that has um, uh, Floyd Norman is the first uh, ever uh, animator that was hired at Disney was black, and the first animator was black who got a screen credit, which is Ron Husband, and we have Jane Bear who uh, started working there in the 70s, and uh, she started her own uh, animation studio. And we have um, Phil Roman, who produced The Simpsons, but also worked on um, all, all the Peanuts specials. And he's, you know, a legend in, the his, in, in animation. And um, Willie Ito, who was uh, instrumental in the characters of um, Hanna-Barbera from uh, The Jetsons and The Flintstones. He also worked at Disney, worked on Lady and the Tramp, worked on What's Opera Doc, and he... Uh, is Japanese American and was actually in the internment camps. And so, if, if people aren't going to Comic Con, they can go on uh, Cinema Siren, uh, the YouTube channel, because we will have all the the videos of all of my panels on there. And then another panel I'm doing is called Cartoon Creatives, and that's a woman parent animation. It's all women. That one was great because everybody, all the studios on the networks wanted to be part of it. So uh, we have Lauren Faust, who's the creator of um, uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. We have Lauren Montgomery, who's the um, uh, co-executive producer of Voltron. Um, what is that? Legendary Defenders, I think it's called. Uh-huh. I forget the exact uh, title. And then um, we have... Uh, the executive producer, I think, of Trolls, uh, Gina Shea. Uh, we have the head of women in animation. She's a co-president, um, uh, Marge Dean. Uh, let's see, um, Stevie uh, Wormer's uh, Skelton. She's the co-director of the holiday special for Frozen. Um, it's, a, it's a special that's based on the Frozen characters this coming this Christmas. Um, she was, we have the head of, um, develop the, like, uh, talent for Disney TV, Brooke Kiesling. She's on the panel. Um, and, um, Darren Nefsey, who did Star vs. the Forces of Evil. She's the creator of that. So it's a huge panel with, like, every awesome, not every, every, but a lot of the biggest names for women who are working in animation right now today. It's going to be amazing. And um, I'm very excited about that one. And it's just basically talking about what does it mean that there are over 70% of uh, the people that are at CalArts and UCLA in the animation department are women. What is, what's that going to mean for the future of animation? And what is happening inside the studios and inside um, the uh, networks uh, with women? Because uh, it's one place where uh, they're definitely embraced. 
So we're very excited about that panel. The third one is um, Women Rocking Hollywood, and that is uh, women changing uh, Hollywood from the inside, because there's a big deal about producers and directors and stars of films in Hollywood um, being women and not getting the kind of attention or credit or opportunities um, it's a very small percentage of women uh, who are producing and directing in uh, blockbusters uh, in Hollywood. And so we have uh, the head of production at Marvel, uh, Victoria Alonso, and we have uh, Catherine Harwick, uh, who directed Twilight, and she's got a, a bunch of really cool stuff that she's going to be doing in the near future. And um, Kathy Shulman, who is the um, Oscar-winning producer of Crash, but she's also the head of Women in Film LA, and uh, she's the head of uh, she's the head of production for STX Entertainment, which I'm sure you know from Bad Moms and uh, Mm -hmm. the new Matthew McConaughey movie. Um, The what is that? The United States of what's that movie called that he's in? Uh, yeah, they, they're putting that movie out. Anyway, so yeah, they're all, and then there are other people I can't announce yet that are going to be on the panel. So there's my free, and anything nice. that people can't see, um, because they won't be at Comic-Con like you, you can watch it on my channel, on my YouTube channel, because it, we really want uh, as many people to see these um, these panels as possible. I'm very lucky that uh, Women Rocking Hollywood is uh, sponsored by Wattpad. That's super exciting because like 30 million people are on there a month and they're going to promote it and they're going to have the video on their website. And so it's just a really wonderful partnership I'm really excited about. So, yep, long time in the working. As you know, you've been hearing me, my planning and how things have been going for months. So, so I'm <laughs> well, sorry I'm sure those there will be... because you're – you're always so supportive. I know. Well, you look, I'll be back next year. So I'll be there Absolutely. to support you next year. I, I think I need it more. I think I need a break more than anything else. Uh, after going there, I've been there a number of years in a row now. I need a break. And there's nothing out there that's really, you know, exciting me this year. So I was like, this is the year for me. To so that's what I'm going to do. But I'll be back next year for sure. Because uh, I do love Comic Con. You know, can't always, I can't go every year <laughs> get to it. Uh, but, yeah, so I look forward to, uh, you know, hearing about how things went and, and checking out your YouTube channel and uh, and seeing some of it for myself, hopefully. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, well, Leslie, uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, you know, I always love having you on. We'll, I will definitely have you on again soon. It's, you know, it was too Thank you. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> I will see you at a now. What did you say? I'm, I'm gonna go, I said I'm gonna go nurse my arm now. Go take care of your arm. Go take care of your arm. And, and I, I will. I, I just I end with saying I was a huge fan of Antonio Tucker. I'm sorry that he's uh, passed away, but we have a, a really yeah. wonderful collection of movies of his to look to uh, for such a young guy. So I guess they yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I fact, I'm going to talk about that. that yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right. Thank you. All right, well, appreciate it. I will talk to you later. See you soon. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye. All right. That's my friend, Leslie Conway-Mill of uh, uh, the, the Cinema Siren. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. And we'll come back. 
um, say a few words about uh, Anton Yelchin, and then we're going to uh, uh, get out of here for the evening. Uh, so just hold on. We'll be right back. Unforgettable, that's what you are. Unforgettable, don't you or Just yesterday, uh, we got the the sad news that Tom uh, Yeltsin, who most known from his role as Chekhov in uh, the T.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, uh, had had passed away. Um, a freak accident uh, involving his 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 Jeep uh, that was in his his driveway and, and his California home. Um, he was pinned under it after a rollback. Um, and he was, uh, there's no foul play. There's nothing like that. It was just an accident. Uh, Yelchin was only 27 years old. Um, he was born in Russia. I don't know if people know that. One of the reasons why he was perfect for the role of Chekhov, even though he doesn't have the accident, but he was born in Russia. Um, and, uh, you know, he got his... his, his He's been acting for a while. I think a lot of people don't don't really recognize how long he's been around. Uh, but you know, his first you know film role came in 2000, uh, and he starred in movies like Delivering My Love and Long Came Spider. He didn't star in them, but he had roles in them. Uh, Long Came Spider, Hearts in Atlantis. I think is where people really first started to notice him. Um, you know, and then he he had his big breakout. Uh, in the years 2006-2007, the first one was in the film Alpha Dog, uh, which was based on uh, a true crime story uh, about a, a boy uh, who was you know, kidnapped, basically, and didn't seem to realize it or didn't seem to to, to care. Uh, and he was murdered by people that he thought you know, were, were, were kind of his friends. And that was a star studded film at the time. It had Emil Hirsch and Justin Timberlake and Ben Foster and I think Amber Heard and uh, Bruce Willis. A lot of people were in that movie. Sharon Stone. Uh, and Elton, Anton Yelchin was the centerpiece. He he stood out uh, in that film. You know, that was his breakout role. And that he quickly followed that up with Charlie Bartlett. Uh, which was, which is, I remember that movie, and I, it wasn't a movie that I particularly liked all that much, to be honest. But I remember it had this incredible amount of buzz, 
and I was like, why is people so many people, you know, talking about this movie, Charlie Bartlett? Well, one of it was the concept. You know, he played a, a kid who began selling, you know, uh, pharmaceutical drugs, prescription drugs to the student to the students at his high school, to and it helped him become popular. And you know, the, there were a lot of movies about prescription drugs coming out at, around that time, and uh, and Yelchin was fantastic in that role. Um, in fact, here is just a little bit of you know, I think one of the better better uh, scenes of the film uh, featuring Yelchin uh, from Charlie Bartlett. Here, check that out. Charlie Bartlett. So, which one of Shakespeare's works will you be performing for us? Actually, I thought I'd do a monologue from Corduroy Seville's masterpiece, Misadventures of a Teenage Renegade. I guess I should tell you about the first time I had my period. My daddy was driving me back from summer camp, and I turned to him and I said, Daddy, I think I'm sloughing. And he said, That's nice, honey. And I realized that he had, like, no idea just what sloughing meant. So I explained to him that it meant blood was gushing from my you-know-where. And she nearly wrecked the car, trying to hand me a wad of fast food napkins, which is not something that you particularly want to stick up your hooch. Great. Thank you. Uh, I wasn't quite finished, actually. No, that'll do. <clears throat> Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> After Charlie Bartlett, uh, Yelchin continued to, you know, to... To, to blow up. It was largely through that that he got as Chekhov and when J.J. Abrams rebooted the Star Trek franchise in 2009. Uh, and that was his goal to date. Now, 2009 was, at that point, his biggest year. He got, Not only did he win Star Trek, he also got the role of Kyle Reese in Terminator Salvation. Yes, that Terminator movie you like to pretend didn't happen. Uh, it was a big deal at the time. Uh, <laughs> and he was he played Kyle Reese. A lot of people um, let's hear a little bit of him as Chekhov. Uh, a few minutes of him as Chekhov, and I got this from YouTube, and it's it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's Chekhov from my favorite characters of the Star Trek movies. Russian whiskey. What's your name, Chekhov? Chekhov. Ensign Chekhov, Pavel Andreevich, sir. Fine, Chekhov, Pavel Andreevich. Begin shipwide mission broadcast. Yes, sir. Happy to. Ensign authorization code 95, Victor, Victor 2. Authorization not recognized. Ensign authorization code 95, Victor, Victor 2. Access granted. May I have your attention, please? At 2200 hours, telemetry detected an anomaly in the neutral zone, what appeared to be a lightning storm in space. Soon after, Starfleet received a distress signal from the Vulcan High Command that their planet was experiencing seismic activity. Our mission is to assess the condition of Vulcan and assist in evacuations if necessary. We should be arriving at Vulcan within three minutes. Thank you for your time. Check off. You have the con. I, I can. 
Away team is entering the atmosphere, sir. 20,000 meters. 4,600 meters from the platform. Olsen is gone, sir. Captain, gravitational sensors are off the scale. If my calculations are correct, they're creating a singularity that will consume the planet. They're creating a black hole at the center of Olsen? Yes, sir. How long does the planet have? Minutes, sir. Minutes. Check off, you have the con. Aye. I can do that. I can do that. Take the con. The black hole is expanding. We won't reach minimum safe distance if we don't leave immediately. Star Trek, uh, Yelchin went on to star in the likes of um, The Beaver, which I saw him paired up with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, he did the Fright Night remake. Uh, he started in two movies with the with uh, Image and Poots, the Fright Night remake, and uh, the Green Room, which is an amazing film. Uh, amazing film. If you haven't seen Green Room, you need to check it out. Uh, and of course, he also did Charm- Jim Jarmusch's Only Lovers Left Alive with Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. Um, and he also had a little role in a movie that I wish people had, more people had seen uh, in a, fil- a film called Five to Seven, in which he plays a young man who enters a romantic relationship with uh, an older woman played by Barry Uh For Anton Yelchin role, undoubtedly, unquestionably, is in uh, Drake Dramas's Like Crazy, in which he stars opposite F. Jones. Jones is in that movie as well. Um, it's twice that those two uh, hook up. Oh, interesting. Um, he plays, you know, a, a guy who's a long distance relationship with a, with a woman, and you know, it's and all the problems that come along with that. Obviously, it's not something that that most people can do, and it, obviously, there's there's difficulty in being in a long distance relationship. And it's it's just a it's a movie that when I first saw it, you know, I I, I liked it, and I, but I kind of Felt it was it was a little forgettable. Um, I started watching it. I 
some more afterwards and saw really how, how deep and resonant it was, how emotional it was, um, and honestly how true it was uh, as someone who's dealt with relationships in the past. You know, it's, you know, there's a lot of moments in there that, that, that hit home. And uh, there are some really terrific moments between between, um, between Yelch and Jones. And here's just a little bit, uh, sort of a montage of, of bits from, from Like Crazy, uh, just to get a taste of how good he was in that film um, alongside uh, Felicity Jones. Didn't freak you out. I guess you wouldn't be here if it had. No, it was nice. And it was funny. It was great. Um, do you want to come up? Cheers. I thought I understood it. That I could grasp it, but I didn't. Only the smudgeness of it. I didn't realize it would sometimes be more than whole. But the wholeness was a rather luxurious idea because it's the halves that halve you in half. Didn't know, don't know about the in-between bits. Like the halves that halve you in half. <laughs> Do it sound No. Honestly, it's just sad to see that a, a talent uh, as 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 great as his uh, was taken away from so soon. Uh, Anton Yeltsin, uh, 27 years old. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's just it's just tragic. Uh, and on that on that on that somber note, uh, we're going to uh, bring this show to a close. It ended up being not as abbreviated as I thought it was going to be. Because um, Leslie and I talked so much about my door, which is fine. And I spent a little bit more time on, on Anton Yelchin uh, than I intended to do, uh, which is also perfectly fine because he deserves it. He deserves the time. Um, but next week's show, uh, next week's show uh, we're going to be talking about Nicholas Winding Reffin's The Neon Demon. I can't not wait to talk about that one. I've got my friend uh, Rocky Haddadi, who was a, a Reffin uh, enthusiast, uh, ready to talk about. I think she's seeing that movie right now, actually, <laughs> which, yeah, that's going to be, I can't wait to talk to her. She's going to go nuts over that. I saw it last week, and I can't wait to talk to her either. I'm going to talk about that, and if if she has bothered to see it, we'll also talk about Free State of Jones, uh, the Civil War era movie starring uh, Matthew McConaughey, which I just saw about, you know, four or five hours ago, and I, I will do my best not to talk about it. Uh, so that that's uh, Cinema Royale. I want to thank everybody for coming out and uh, joining me on this episode. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, of course. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Punchy Critic. Uh, you can find the show on Blog Talk Radio, of course. Uh, on TuneIn Radio Network, and of course on iTunes. And I'm pretty sure we're on other places, too. You can find us anywhere. And, and also, you can find a show on punchdrumcritics.com. Um, where I decided to go. All right. 
Uh, so thanks for joining me. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye.